Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Changing Faith Podcast, episode 26. Today, we are going to talk about gratitude, about thankfulness, because we are a little over a week away from Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving, it's it's an interesting holiday because it's sandwiched between Halloween and Christmas. And, And sometimes it feels like Thanksgiving gets a little bit ignored or overlooked, like it's just a speed bump on our way to the consumerism of Christmas. Because once we gorge ourselves on all of the candy from Halloween, and once we put away the Halloween costumes, retailers shift immediately to Christmas. I mean, I I get it. There's a few decorations and there's some things provided for Thanksgiving. Like there's markets, they stock up on turkeys and cranberry sauce and people are drinking pumpkin beer. But our culture, it's like full steam ahead toward Christmas right after Thanksgiving. Uh, I was in Target the other day and there's an entire aisle just for lights, just for Christmas lights. It's You're paralyzed by choice. You don't even like have a sense of what you should buy anymore. Then you have, of course, the tinsel and the trees and the music and the ugly sweaters and the holiday parties and the presents and then the wrapping paper for the presents and then the bows for the wrapping paper for the presents and the list goes on and on. Now, I'm sure some of you are listening and you're the kind of people who love Christmas. Uh, in the, for those of you um, who are listening and you love Christmas, you're the kind of person who like every single year, Christmas brings about for you feelings of nostalgia and warmth and family and good memories and traditions and places you go. It's those of you who listen to Christmas music in December and all of November. And you may be hearing this thinking to yourself like, well, who cares If we want to celebrate Christmas right after Thanksgiving, I mean, hey, it's the birth of Jesus. Don't you think that we could at least give it another month? And so I I hear that. I understand there's some of you out there who love Christmas. And I'm gonna say, um, breathe easy. Because what I wanna talk about today and the observation I'm making at the start, I'm not speaking at the individual level, but really at the larger cultural, or maybe we could say systemic level. Like if you like Christmas music and you want to listen to Christmas music year round, go on and do your thing. Uh, what I find interesting and what I'm trying to speak toward is the, that the Christmas holiday season is a pillar of the American economy. Americans spend hundreds of billions of dollars every year during the holidays, buying and consuming and getting more and more and more. And this is what I wanna talk about today. As a country, a people, a culture, I find it fascinating that we almost seem to overlook Thanksgiving, which is a holiday about expressing gratitude for what we have been given. We skip right over it so we can get on with a holiday season that has devolved into consumerism, a season that is often associated with excess to the extent that if spending around the Christmas holiday season were to go away, the economy of America would nearly collapse. That's how massive this holiday season is. 
And now we not only have Black Friday sales, but at Thanksgiving dinner, people are throwing down turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes as fast as they can because these Black Friday sales are now starting at like 3 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day. And this just seems to me to be a great commentary on who we are as a country and a culture and a people. And so today, I don't want to skip over Thanksgiving. I actually want to talk about gratitude. I want to talk about how gratitude shapes us, why it is good for us, and some next steps around how we can practice thankfulness, how we can practice gratitude. Because if we learn the discipline of gratitude, of giving thanks, of saying thank you, there is a chance our lives may actually change for the better and our world might be better too. Now, now let me begin by pointing out a word that I just used. I used the word discipline and I used the word discipline in the phrase discipline of gratitude. And that was very intentional. And I point this out because I'm convinced gratitude is not something that comes naturally. And I don't know if that's a product of our culture uh, or something like we grow up and we learn not to naturally be thankful. But if we pause for a second, we might actually see gratitude is in fact something we need to learn. Uh, in the past, when I brought up the idea of gratitude or I preached about gratitude, um, I often hear resistance to it. And sometimes, by the way, the, the resistance I hear comes from my own internal voice. Because it, you can bring up gratitude and you might do so in the midst of a hard season or kind of like in, in a time that's proving really difficult for you or when the chips are down. Maybe you bring up gratitude in the midst of a time where someone's job is not going well or they're having a, a health issues or a health scare. And so you bring up gratitude and the idea is like, are, are you kidding? Really? You, we're, we're going to talk about gratitude right now? Do you know what I'm going through? Are you aware of where I am at in my life right now? Or you read the news and there's another story of another mass shooting and you're thinking to yourself, we're, gonna, we're going to talk about gratitude. Um, are you, do you know what's happening in the, in the world right now? And I, I don't know that right now is in fact the time for gratitude. Because at least for me, what I found is it's easy to have that resistance. It's easy to grow cynical, for resentment to build up in line the interior of our hearts, for despair to form in our guts. And there are seasons and there are many reasons for gratitude to be the furthest thing from our minds. However, I've not experienced the same resistance uh, in the same attitude of like, let's push away uh, when it comes to complaining. Um, I mean, there are times where people are like, man, things are great. No, let's not complain. Like we're on vacation or we're going to this show or whatever it is. But complaining seems to come more naturally to us. I, I think we humans, we do reasonably well uh, when it comes to complaining. I have three kids and any parent, by the way, uh, can attest to the things that I'm about to say. When it comes to our kids, my wife and I have been insistent on teaching them gratitude and saying thank you. 
So if we're at a restaurant, it's please and thank you. If you, uh, we have friends over, it's please and thank you. Even to, want to, to each other, please and thank you. To my wife and me, please and thank you. Teaching them this. But what's interesting is I never heard a parent say, yeah, I had to walk my child through um, complaining. I, I had to walk my child through selfishness. Like w- when you give kids a gift, it's, I've never naturally seen them say, thank you. However, if a gift is taken away from them or you take away a toy, you don't have to teach them to say mine or no or get angry or cry. Like we don't have to learn complaint. We don't have to learn selfishness. But somehow we have to learn this discipline of gratitude. We do just fine on our own. We like drift toward, uh, I would say, unthankfulness, or we we drift toward (laughs) complaints. And I mean, just listen to people the next time you're out. Someone's like, man, I am so tired of Andrew and that super annoying thing he does with pens in the meeting, the clicking that he never stops with. Oh, did you... Did you see Ryan's latest rant on Facebook? What an idiot. I blocked him. I'm so tired of reading his political stuff. Or like, you know, the person who says, my goodness, if I have to go one more day hearing Becky's voice over the wall of my cubicle, I am going to stab my eardrums with a letter opener. Whether it's the complaints about the kids or someone's house or their, their apartment or where they're living or something being too loud or their car. You see, we're so good at that. I wonder, is it possible that when we hear about gratitude, we can immediately think of all kinds of things for which we are certainly not thankful? So, so let's do an experiment. And you can, uh, you can do this after the podcast, or maybe if you're listening with someone, you, you can listen to the experiment, hit pause, do the experiment, and then come back. Or you can even just ask yourself these questions. Um, try asking yourself or asking someone else, like, hey, what do you want? Like we just had the one, was it $1.6 billion lottery that paid out somewhere like 970 some million dollars. So maybe you say like, if you had won the $1.6 billion lottery, what would you do with that money? Uh, By the way, what's interesting, I had a friend who worked for Powerball Lottery And he said, the rapid fire response to the question of what would you do with the lottery? That's how they market it. They, he said, you're never going to win the lottery, um, but you'll keep buying tickets because of the dream, because people are dialed in to what they want. And I think you'll find that this is true. If you say to someone, what are you going to do if you win the lottery? Very few people are like, well, I don't know. Very few people are like, well, if you understand the statistics and the possibility of my not winning, it's so big, I've actually never really given it a second thought. Most people will have a list for you. Most people will start telling you all kinds of things that they wanna do with the money. But then after you kind of go down that road for a while, then say to them, hey, what are you grateful for? I did this actually several months ago. I would ask people those questions back to back. Like, hey, if you, if you won the lottery or if, you, if money was no option, what would you buy? What do you want? And people would just be like, oh my goodness. And boom, 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 all down the list. Then you say, what are you grateful for? And they'll, they'll quickly spit out somewhere between five and 10 things. And then there's like this long pause. Like, um, I, 
Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like we're, we're not well practiced at gratitude. You see, we don't have to learn about what we don't have. Uh, we don't have to be reminded to complain, but we do have to remind ourselves to be thankful. This is why it is a discipline. Uh, another thing that I've experienced with regard to gratitude is not so much a rejection of it or saying no, but a sense that gratitude is something that's delayed. That, like gratitude will come at some point down the road. We, we live like believing, like we'll be grateful when we get a new job. Uh, we'll express thankfulness when we are in a new relationship or when our living situation changes which means that gratitude is not a choice, but is entirely dependent on our circumstances. And if our circumstances are less than desirable, then we can't be thankful. And this leads us to what, uh, leads us to want to get out of where we are. Because if we are gonna be thankful when, then we, we don't, we don't practice gratitude now. And what it does is it produces a longing in us for the future. It doesn't allow us to be in the present. It's us looking ahead longingly at something we don't yet have. In some ways, it's like its own escapism and it doesn't work. And what we forget is that lasting happiness and consistent gratitude actually comes by squeezing every last possible drop from the present before we get to worrying about the future. And if we live believing things will be better when our circumstances change, then we will forever struggle to see the beauty and joy of this present moment right here, right now, and we won't be grateful. You see, it's not difficult to find reasons to move past gratitude, uh, but no matter where you are as you listen to this, no matter the circumstance, what we are learning in our world today through scientific research, which incidentally is what ancient sages and wisdom teachers have been saying for thousands of years, but what we are learning is the practice of gratitude has the power to move us to a better place spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And not just us as individuals, it actually has the power to bring healing to the world. And by the way, this is not because your circumstances are going to change. Your circumstances may not change, but your viewpoint and the way you exist in those circumstances, that can evolve and it can evolve by the consistent practice of gratitude. And you might be thinking like, whoa, 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 wait. So my circumstances aren't gonna change. I, I'm just gonna start saying thank you. Well, isn't that denial? No, that's a river in Egypt. <laughs> oh, but okay. I apologize. That was terrible. You do not need to be thankful for that part right there. But uh, when you think about this idea of like saying thank you in all circumstances being denial, you may be thinking of people who actually are practicing denial. Like people whose house is burning down and they're saying things like, I'm just so thankful for this place that God has given me. And you're like, whoa, whoa, wait, it's on fire. I've seen people who at one time or another uh, practice this idea of gratitude almost as a way of denying their own pain and denying their own suffering. And you wanna look at them and be like, come on, really? Um, do you even have a reference for reality? 
at any time do you stop and recognize what's actually happening around you. Uh, and I think some people are rightly critical of too much rosiness because it's not real life. And you see someone who's always grateful, like over the top grateful. Um, and you think like, wait, wait, what about the centuries of injustice? Um, like what about the fact that people are still being gunned down in houses of worship and in their schools? Um, what about all the violence in our culture? What about our divided world? Like we can't ignore that. Well, of course we can't. And I would actually say, I, I think, thankfulness is not a denial of suffering. I think what we talked about earlier, complaining uh, can be its own way of denying suffering and want longing for the future can actually be its own form of escapism. But gratitude, that forces us to sort out and sort through what is right in front of us. Gratitude demands we take inventory of our lives. It demands that we look um, at our world with a thorough vision. And one of the things I find interesting uh, is that in the Christian scriptures, the apostle Paul constantly tells people to give thanks. It's like nonstop. And I point this out because if anyone had reason not to give thanks, it was the apostle Paul. His life was marked by suffering. He was uh, stoned. He, he was shipwrecked. He was beaten, flogged, imprisoned. Uh, he talked about being hungry and thirsty and naked and fearing for his life from robbers. And in all of this stuff he went through, he's always saying, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. Father Richard Rohr uh, comments on Paul's writing, uh, specifically in the book of Philippians. And he says that Philippians is probably my favorite of Paul's letters. Paul writes his letter to the Philippians during one of his many imprisonments. He even speaks of being in chains and yet... Ironically, this is the most positive and joy-filled of all of his letters. The very fact that he can be so happy during such hardship tells us he had learned to do what to do with the rebellious and angry mind. We have had no training in that for centuries, and we see the sad results on the streets and in the Congress of America. That the practice of gratitude, it's a discipline. And to practice this more and more, you have to be real about what's happening. And I would contend that because gratitude does not come naturally to us and we have to think about the things for which we're grateful and we think about them in our context, that when we are looking for those things, we will in fact see the world around us. And rather than react with a rebellious and angry mind, the practice of gratitude has the power uh, for us to overcome that so that we can be those who give thanks in any and all circumstances. Paul knew his circumstances. He was keenly aware of his suffering. And yet he writes things like rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. He resolved to be thankful. It's almost like for him, gratitude was an act of defiance in the face of suffering. That, that even in the midst of the hardest circumstances, he could still say, thank God, none of this is gonna break me to the point where I cannot say thank you. Paul, he was tapping into something that those who suffer know well, and that is this. Suffering has the power, like gratitude, 
to help us see all we possess. And in doing so, it has the power to unlock gratitude, that suffering can actually be a vehicle to unlock gratitude. I mean, think about uh, if someone you know or a loved one has been diagnosed with a ter- terminal illness, um, they don't call you and say, hey, I was just diagnosed with some form of cancer um, and I need to stop by Nordstrom and buy a sweater. <laughs> that's not the next, that's not the, what they're thinking about. Um, when somebody is diagnosed with a terminal illness, um, they're, they're not like super stoked about the latest sale at their favorite store. They, they want to be with people that they love. They want to travel to places that mean something to them. Uh, suffering, while it has the power to make us angry, also has the power to give us great vision. Uh, and it helps us see all that we have. And in doing so, it can unlock gratitude. Uh, my friend and mentor uh, who passed away a few years ago, he was diagnosed with, with Lou Gehrig's disease or ALS. And he talked about this a lot, uh, that as his body deteriorated, uh, he was always in a process of like seemingly losing something, losing a function of his body. And he would say that with everything he lost, he had this ability to see more clearly the things he could still do and the things he still possessed. And, and I've witnessed this in many who've come to and through difficult seasons, that somehow there's a clarity with suffering, not just a clarity about their circumstances, but a vision to see all they have. And when they see all they have, when they see all they possess, they are able to stand and be grateful in the midst of it. Years ago, my wife and I, we experienced what we called uh, the two years of hell. This was like 2000, it was like 2003 through 2005, somewhere in that season. And it's interesting to look back and, and think through how we walk through that season. And one of the things that season did is it brought so much clarity into our lives about who we were as a couple, who I was as an individual, who she was as an individual, what we were about, what we wanted to do, where we were going, uh, the resolve that it gave me over the course of time to continue to do what I do, um, and the gratitude that it brought out of us was, was astounding. And by the way, it didn't happen at first. At first, I was just pissed off most of the time, but it did eventually bring out this gratitude. Now, I wasn't thankful for the circumstances, but over the course of time, I was able to see what those circumstances produced in me, in us, and it brought some gratitude. And I wonder, like, what if we learn this discipline? What if we learn to practice thankfulness? Like what if between now and Thanksgiving, that's it, just now and Thanksgiving, that's about nine days, depending on when you're listening. What if we purposed every day for nine days to state, to write down, to tweet, or to post the things for which we are thankful? Like what would happen if we did that? Well, that's a great question, actually, um, because a, a few things would happen. First, it would benefit you at the neurological level. It would benefit you physiologically. And here's why I say that. In September, 2015, in the Department of Psychology at the University of Southern California in Los Angeles, 
research was done to explore um, brain circuitry for moral cognition and positive emotion um, that is associated with gratitude. And what they discovered was amazing. What they did is they measured people's brains and their brain activity uh, according to a baseline. So just kind of your everyday, nothing's going on, I'm relaxed, things are fine, this baseline. And then after that measurement, they took them through gratitude exercises. And then they went back and they re-measured the, the brain according to the baseline. And what they found was positive increased brain activity all over the place. And they found regions in both hemispheres of the brain that were engaged when gratitude was expressed. And the, the, the one area of the brain specifically, it's called the medial prefrontal cortex. Um, that was the part of your brain that benefited the most. And this area of the brain is connected to relational bonding, to generating meaning and to emotional perception. This is the area of the brain that benefited most in the gratitude exercises, the area of the brain that deals with relational bonding, generating meaning in our world and emotional perception. The results of this research of just people going through gratitude exercises was so um, intense that they found it had the same effect on the human brain as when a major stress is relieved from us. Which means, secondly, when you ask like, well, what will happen if we do this for the next nine days? What will happen if we are, um, practice gratitude for the next nine days? Well, not only will it have physiological results, but it will also have social, emotional, and spiritual benefits. And here's why I say that. If our brain physiologically benefits, then in everyday life, we would begin to see changes in ourselves and how we interact with our world. Uh, there's a fellow named Robert Emmons. He's a psychologist who has studied gratitude and is considered to be one of the world's leading experts on gratitude and how it affects us psychologically. And according to him, he says that we would see people who tend to experience positive emotions more often. Uh, we would see people who practice gratitude would enjoy a greater satisfaction with life and those uh, and, and people who have more hope and by the way, if there's anything we need more of right now, uh, it's people living with hope. Um, he says, those who practice thankfulness also experience less depression, less anxiety, and less envy. Highly grateful individuals score higher um, than less grateful people on measures of pro-sociality. They are more empathetic and forgiving and helpful and supportive and they are less focused on material pursuits uh, than people who are less grateful to, for them. So let me just put this in a list, what I just read. Research shows our brain's benefit when it comes to the practice of gratitude. And what this looks like in everyday life is people who are, and here's the list, satisfied with life, hopeful, less depressed, less anxious, less envious, more empathetic, more forgiving, more helpful, more supportive, and less materialistic. <laughs> so let me ask you this question. Um, do you want to be someone who is more satisfied with your life, 
more hopeful, less depressed, less anxious, less envious, more empathetic, more forgiving, more helpful, more supportive, and less materialistic. Do you want to be someone like that? Uh, by the way, my hand is raised. Absolutely. Who wouldn't want to be like that? This is what happens at the neurological, physiological level and what it produces in our life in the world. Thankfulness and gratitude have the power to create in us greater contentment and less desire to consume. It creates in us more appreciation for what we have been given versus an attitude of entitlement. It lends to us greater joy for others over and above envy for what others have. And it gives us greater awareness of what we already possess instead of the scarcity mentality, believing that we don't have enough and we need more. So let me quote Paul again. In other words, giving thanks in all circumstances is good for us at the neurological level and it's good for our human relationships, which means that giving thanks is good for our world. And by the way, even a casual glance at our world and our country right now would suggest we need some serious help. Or maybe I should say, we need some serious gratitude. Joanna Macy helps us see how gratitude can fuel us for the work that needs to be done in our world. She writes this, she writes, there is so much to be done and the time is so short. We can proceed, of course, out of grim and angry desperation, but the tasks proceed more easily and productively with the measure of thankfulness for life. The great open secret of gratitude is that it is not dependent on external circumstance. It's like a setting or a channel that we can switch to at any moment, no matter what's going on around us. It's a stance of the soul. Thankfulness loosens the grip of the industrial growth society by contradicting its predominant message that we are insufficient and inadequate. The forces of capitalism continually tell us that we need more, more stuff, more money, more approval, more comfort, more entertainment. The dissatisfaction it breeds is profound. So gratitude is liberating. Gratitude is subversive. It helps us realize that we are sufficient and that realization frees us. There are hard things to face in our world today if we want to be of use. Gratitude, when it's real, offers no blinders. On the contrary, in the face of devastation and tragedy, it can ground us, especially when we're scared. It can hold us steady for the work to be done. Oh, that is so good. It can hold us steady for the work to be done. Those are some really, really powerful words. Think about somebody you know who always seems to just be wide-eyed and in wonder over the world that they are living in. Are they individuals that you would be like, oh, they are so naive and annoying? 
Or is there something about them that when you're with them, you leave and you feel a little bit better about yourself and your life and this world? Is it possible that these people are onto something? Is it possible that they know a thing or two? Is it possible that they're individuals who practice gratitude? One of the things um, that I've experienced is that when people say thank you to me for something I've done, there's a joy that I experience. It's almost like gratitude is contagious. That when someone says, hey, thanks, thank you for and whatever it is. Um, another thing that I've noticed, uh, one of my kids, our youngest, uh, thank you, th- that phrase, thank you, is something she always says. Thank you, thank you. You can get her a glass of water. Thank you. And there's something about people who say that. When you say thank you to someone, just try this. You will watch them receive the gratitude and something comes alive in them and in their heart and in in their face. You see it all over them that somehow gratitude, it's not just good for you. You can't keep gratitude to yourself. Gratitude spills out and makes a mess everywhere it goes that when you are practicing gratitude, it's not just good for you at the neurological and emotional and relational level. It is in fact contagious. So what would happen if we began to be those who practice gratitude? Like how can we even begin to practice gratitude? And I say that because you might be listening to this right now and you might be in a hard place. You might be in a season that you never would wish on anybody. And let me say, I, I get it. I, not that I understand your circumstances, but I get it when it comes to being in a hard place. And I really do. Uh, and when I say I get it, I'm not saying, oh yeah, it must be hard. No, 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 no. I say that in the sense that the last two years of my life, um, have included a lot of pain, uh, disappointment, and delusionment, disillusionment uh, for me personally. And there are more moments than I can count where there was a lot of things I wanted to say. There was a lot of prayers I wanted to pray. Prayers, by the way, that I uh, call the expletive prayer, if you catch my drift. Um, and I'll spare you all the those things. But a lot of things I wanted to say to God. And I will say this, often, thank you was not one of the things I wanted to say. I wasn't thankful. And quite honestly, I was frustrated. And there are still moments uh, that are lingering from this season where I'm, I don't feel like gratitude is not the first thing on my mind. And, and again, this is why we're talking about this being a discipline or a practice. And so maybe you're listening and that is where you are. You're thinking, there is a lot of things I wanna say to God and it's not thank you. Uh, There's a lot of things that I'm feeling and gratitude is not one of them. I will say to you again, uh, as best as I can, while I do not understand your particular circumstance, I understand that, that place and that posture and that attitude. Uh, I've been there. I've been there more times than I can count. And um, one thing I'm learning, a step that I am taking is to resolve not to say, 
I'm not thankful now and it will be better when. So in a place of suffering, rather than say like, I just need to get through this, then I'll be, then I'll be happy. Um, I, I'm, I'm resolving not to say that anymore because what I'm learning is that when it comes to suffering, when it comes to pain, when it comes to trying circumstances, it actually may not ever get better. And that is a hard truth about life. Some things just don't get better with time. As a matter of fact, some things get worse with time. Like sometimes your partner doesn't come back. Sometimes she doesn't beat her addiction. Sometimes there is no new job. Uh, Sometimes the good things, the hope, it never shows up. There are times where the things that we long for are never realized. The finances don't improve. But in the midst of those struggles, in the midst of the struggles that I have, in the midst of the struggles that we all have, uh, I've taken a step to say, thank God. Thank God for And by the way, at times I say that, and it's not, thank God. It sounds like, thank God, which by the way, that was through gritted teeth with me shaking my fist toward the heavens. Um, Sometimes I literally resolve to say it without even, and, and I know, like I don't necessarily mean it, but there's something about saying those words that does something to you. And what I'm learning is that the more I say it, even if I don't mean it at first, the words, writing them down, speaking them out loud, the act of doing it, the discipline, it it sinks in little by little by little. So next steps, like maybe right now you're in a strained relationship. Maybe there's someone who absolutely bothers you to no end and they always have. Um, And so what I would encourage you to do, maybe one step you can take is write down what you're thankful for regarding that person. And your initial response would be like, trust me, you don't know who I'm thinking about. There is nothing redemptive here. There is nothing I'm thankful for. Okay, okay. Now that we've gotten that out, what is one thing you can say about that person that you would say, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. And maybe, maybe it just starts with one thing. And then if you have to write down a second thing, what you might begin doing is watching them to figure out what other things you might be grateful for. And I'm willing to bet that while the circumstances may not change, your viewpoint and your vision within them might change and your disposition toward that individual who bothers you nonstop may actually change, it may grow. Maybe you're in a job and you hate it. Every single day you wake up, it takes every ounce of willpower for you just to get ready and go to work. What if you begin writing down, just be, by the way, this is still between now and Thanksgiving, nine days. What, what if you just began writing down what you're grateful for? Is it possible that if you did that, your perspective on your employment may, may change? Remember, from a neurological level down to how we live in this world, that will change. Is it possible 
that your, your viewpoint of your job may change. Make a list. Um, one of the things that I'm trying to do is to just make lists of things that I'm grateful for. Um, maybe your list is like, uh, I mean, let's start with the simple things. Like you woke up this morning that you, that you should be thankful for that. <laughs> it's your friends, it's your family, it's relationships that have been healed. It's um, maybe it's what you've unlearned about God or what you're learning about God or that you get to do what you love every once in a while. Uh, or it's the fact that you get to do what you love really often. Maybe you're grateful for where you live or your health for the ability to read food and water. You're grateful for art. You're grateful for technology so that you can listen to the Changing Faith podcast. (laughs) Uh, Maybe you're grateful for music or just to be alive. Maybe, Maybe it's something as simple as just saying, I am thankful for my breath. I mean, just think about this, breath, breathing, in, breathing out. It's, it's our moment-to-moment interaction with the eternal, sacred, life-giving spirit. Whatever it is, whatever that you're grateful for, make a list. M- make it your goal just to write down 10 things every day before Thanksgiving. Or for those of you um, who are always looking to like go above and beyond, make it a hundred things before Thanksgiving. Write down 100 things that you are thankful for before Thanksgiving. And if you're reading, listening to this, like the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving and getting things ready for friends coming over the next day, you have your work cut out for you, but I believe you can do it. A hundred things. And then Share those things with your friends, with your family. Take a picture of the list and put it on Facebook. Whatever it is, share it. Because it's possible that this discipline uh, can be something that we make routine and it has the power to center us as we head toward the end of 2018. And it, it has the power to root us and give us perspective of all that we already have. And if you do this, You will still have time to celebrate Christmas, but maybe we'll celebrate Christmas a little bit differently this year because we'll do so as people who are more rooted and more healthy and more happy and more content than ever. So may this be so of you. May you, my friends, learn the secret to contentment, hope, joy, and compassion lies in the simple words Thank you. And so may you practice saying those words in and through any and every circumstance. And that is all for episode 26. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining with us today. My prayer is that you would have a blessed Thanksgiving. We will be back with episode 27, the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. And on that episode, we will talk with my friend Jonathan Williams and about his new book. And I cannot wait for you to meet him and hear from him. But until then, as always, much love and peace be with you.